Nice, I like it, I like it. I like that little intro, don't you? I do, I think it's hilarious. Hey, welcome yeah. to both mics. Hey, this is a show about nothing and everything. It's Mike Sofka. Hey, he is Mike Taylor, and together, we are both mics. This is episode what? 35 of both mics heard no. everywhere podcast can be 30, heard. 37, you're living in the past. 35. 37. No. 37, I'm looking at my piece of paper from last week 37 it's a prime number in case anybody asks okay. <laughs> <laughs> what a great yeah. start to the show you know I did talk to uh, my astronomist agent he was very pissed off I guess because I can't hear the music after I set the music to go get the door to let him in I come back and I thought I just couldn't hear the music. I didn't know the music really didn't go, so he, yeah, his agent was not very happy. <laughs> his agent, his agent's name is Mike, from what I understand. Yeah, well, 3M. There you go. A lot of mics around here. Yeah, so you know what? We're we're just gonna go right to it. We're just gonna get Uh-oh. the alien update going here. All right. It's a pretty good robot. He's a little bit of an alien, too, but I think he's mostly. He's an alien robot. You could be an alien robot, right? Like, not all robots are domestic. I computed the aliens. They are capable of sinister and dangerous acts. You weird alien man! You know when I see that uh, that video when I when when I hear that when I can hear it um, when I <laughs> when I hear that it it always makes me laugh and then you made me laugh this past weekend putting that up on the Facebook tell that picture with uh, Zuckerberg and Data from Star Trek side by side I thought you put that up there yeah I don't think it was me maybe it was another. Yes, yes, that's what it was. I didn't think it was me, but they had a side by side with Zuckerberg and Data, Data from uh, Star Trek, and they looked. So it was like that's why he's going to space to see his relatives, which I didn't even know Zuckerberg was going to space. Um, exactly. And same here. Who knows? I thought he went to Harvard. No. Well, you have to be pretty smart to get into those schools, but right. And I have learned that most people that come out of those schools, like Harvard and Yale and stuff, they usually end up being powerful politicians or powerful business people somehow. I guess everybody wants you to have that degree. It's a, it's a, a not a free ride, but it's it's a it's a ride to somewhere, you know. Um, you know, even higher than that is West Point. You're you're guaranteed a, a pretty a pretty decent life if you get yourself into West Point. Well, I want to talk about Elon Musk because well. There's a question out now that, well, they're going to court to find this out. This is according to Reuters. The Musk trial, there's a trial apparently, asked a $2 billion question, who controls Tesla? I didn't okay. know. Apparently, there's something with the union pension funds and the asset managers leading to the case. They want Musk to repay the Tesla the cost of $2.6 billion in a deal to disgorge the profits of his Solar City stock. 
If they win, it would be one of the largest judgments against an individual. Hmm. Okay. I think uh, it's going to be very hard for the court to ignore the reality that Elon Musk is Elon Musk and his relationship with Tesla. This is according to Ann Lipton, a professor at Tulane University. They said they put it all together and it might be enough to count as a controlling shareholder. I don't know what she's... I, we are highly dependent on the services of Elon Musk. So, I, and our chief executive operator. I don't understand what the problem is here. I guess I guess he leveraged their pension funds with buying uh, some other stock. Maybe his own stock. But I. That's what they're saying here. Plaintiffs allege that Musk drove the negotiations and even pushed Tesla's board to raise, not lower, the price for Solar City. Wow. The higher price benefited Musk, who was the largest shareholder of Solar City, with a stake of about 22%. <laughs> so he, he paid too much to a business he already owned. That was great. He found a way to scam the system. Hey, this is why this guy is making the money he's making. Who thinks of right. shit like that? Right. Did, didn't he start off? Was he the eBay guy or was he the PayPal guy? PayPal guy. Yeah, and then eBay bought PayPal from him, right. and then he was off and running. Must be nice. Must be nice. It's crazy. You know, it, it, it's looking back. You know, PayPal is is you know the pioneer of, of that whole e-commerce uh, you know payment system. It, it, now it's just one of of many. You know, even freaking Wells Fargo has one. They, yeah. they, I think we have that, that Zelle. Yeah. yeah. We talked about Wells Fargo last show. And, um, yeah, it, it was it, – now it, it's like, duh. Well, of course it's a great idea. You know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but, you know, you don't always have to be the best. Sometimes you just have to be first. Right. Yeah. Yep, like someone else I know who's missed opportunities like that. <laughs> okay, dude. I was thinking about that shit today, dude. I was coming up with it. I, I had other ones that. What the hell was I talking about today? Uh, it'll come to me. Tesla's got a rival though. It's not all punky dory. There's another. There's another manufacturer out there who they think could be Tesla's biggest rival. They've got thirty-six billion dollars together to try to outpace him this key tesla rival has 36 billion dollar plan to win the electric vehicle race here's what you need to know this is according to marketwatch.com it's crazy money stellantis the world's fourth largest car maker. pronounce it stellantis <laughs> yeah okay it's like stella with ntis at the end of it how about how about like ford gm dodge you know simple things even even Daimler is is a little too fanatical, fanatical, fanatical. Yeah, fanatical. I just made that word up. So this company, I didn't realize this. This company owns Fiat, Chrysler, Jeep, Peugeot, Vaho, and Citroen. Whatever that is, it must be European cars. French. Producing yeah. eight point seven million units a year. 
So you got one of the world's largest manufacturers in automobiles putting up $36 billion to take you out of the market. It's on. It's going to be exciting. I did see see Tesla announce they're coming out with a a scaled-down version, but the batteries and the technology is better, yet the car is half as much. He's trying to compete in those certain price points. Because remember, they were like 100 grand. They were like 70. They were like 50. He's coming out with one that's going to be between 21 and $25,000 for an electric car. That's cool. Doesn't look like a golf car either from what I saw. Oh, I, I haven't seen it yet. I'd like to see it. Um, but this other company, you know, you you announced, you announced, you mentioned all those companies, you know, Peugeot, Citroen, and Fiat. They're all European companies. So is this the European version of what Tesla is going to be? I don't know. I don't know. And then, and then it doesn't sound I, like an American company. No, but I, I I would think that that Musk would step up and call some of his buddies in Washington and make sure there was a nice tariff on those cars when they came in. Right. Yeah, and and I think the the big investment, if you were looking to invest in these car companies, I would go more with investing in the battery company. Yeah, you know the companies making these batteries because they're not just making it for cars, you know, drills and cell phones and, and everything else. Well, it's uh, you know they're gonna, they're gonna you're gonna have more batteries than you can have cars. Well, let me get you know I, I I'm not a proponent of the electric car. I think I think the the whole green initiative has gone way overboard and i think that we're in trouble for it and you know we talked about it a couple shows ago where california is on a rotating plan and they don't want you to charge your electric car this summer because they're going to have problems keeping up with the capacity of the the power grid with the heat everybody cranking up the air conditioning at one time so now they're telling me i can't go somewhere because i can't fuel my vehicle you know what I mean? You're telling me when? I, no, I'm 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 out on that program. And just for I can see if you have two vehicles, maybe a little grocery getter type thing. Maybe you're like in a villages type situation, and you don't really need a car. You got everything right within a couple miles. Just take a golf cart or something. But yeah, no. You are you gonna, are, are you going to get the Mustang electric? No, no, not not anytime soon. I I, I have no use for a car right now. You know, working from home, like I said, I started my, I've driven my car twice in the past six months. We, we use the, the SUV for everything. I drop the kids off. She picks the kids up and I, I have no use for a car. I have a, you know, a freaking eight year old $20,000 car sitting in the garage that I could sell and make a nice profit on. But you know what? I'm going to keep it. I don't know. I don't know. It sucks, but yeah, I'm not going to be going for any uh, electric car, not anytime soon. You know, because I can't charge it. You know, California tells me not to. <laughs> I'll just I'll use you know what I'll use my gasoline generator to charge it. Well, you know it it did um, it did make me look at there's a there's a truck and I didn't I, I wasn't going to do this yet but I am going to I am going to go right there. Have you seen this Shelby Ford truck? Um, I've seen them in the past. Isn't that amazing? They say it's like 770 horsepower. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's going to cost over 100 grand. Great. Pick up truck, dude. Yeah, you realize having that much horsepower and no weight in the back of the vehicle. Okay, I'm guessing it's going to be a four wheel drive, so I guess that'll help. But yeah, there's, there's no need. 
high center of gravity, you'll be finding dead people in those things all over the world. Take that. 395 horsepower V8, 775 horsepower engine that they have as well. I mean, it looks pretty pretty cool, but you know, it's they they had that other truck, the Raptor, and those trucks were like seventy grand. Now they're just bumping the same customer. They're like, oh, if you like the Raptor, yeah. you're gonna like this one. <laughs> you if you paid seventy five last time, we know you'll pay one hundred seven this time. I remember, guy, two thousand three. I had a friend who bought a Ford Excursion. You know, it goes Escape, Explorer. And then there's another one, Expedition, and then the Excursion. That was a V10. And that damn thing, he paid $51,000 for it in 2003. Which was outrageous. Back in the day when the mortgage business was printing money. Yeah. This guy bought a he bought a $400,000 house. He bought a $51,000 truck. Um, and he, he bought a $250,000 <laughs> I did the same thing. I was buying shit. $250,000 office. Hey, times were good. This shit wasn't going to end. Yeah, printing money. And, uh, yeah, he's now divorced and back in <laughs> California. And, uh, yeah, all that stuff is gone. Poor guy. Sure. Yeah, poor guy. Yeah, so, so, so that was my question. Where am I going tonight? I, I mean... Again, it's that, it's that price because they don't want everybody buying it. They want everybody wanting it, and they want the people who can afford to buy it can just go write a check for it and buy it, and that's fine and good. But those are the same people we've been talking about, the aliens. They got more money than they know what to do with. Yeah, and then you know you can buy one used in ten years for you know fifty thousand dollars <laughs> for a truck, dude. I don't think yeah. if you I think if you spend one hundred seven thousand dollars on a truck. We're not taking this to Home Depot for mulch. I mean, that's not what we're doing here. Yeah. No, I I forgot what I was going to say. But, yeah, you know. You don't say. $107,000 is what I was going to say. $107,000, that's like Ferrari and Lamborghini territory for me. You know? I'd rather get a a freaking used Lamborghini for $107,000 than a brand new pickup truck. That... Its function is to be a pickup truck. And guess what? A $30,000 Tundra does the same exact function. I don't need to drive my mulch from Home Depot at 120 miles an hour. At 0 to 60 in 2.8 seconds. But so be it. You know, there's there's big Shelby fans out there. Someone will buy it. Well, a couple, a couple shows ago, we talked about the Alexa thing and that girl having to change her, change her name. And leave school and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, Alexa's back in the news. This is according to CNET.com. Alexa isn't the only thing your Amazon Echo can listen for. Here's what else. Alexa can respond to snoring, coughing, a baby crying, or a dog barking. And they tell you how to set up the sound detection. I don't know. I, you know, I, I was uncomfortable with the situation when somebody I knew in a business sense had one of these in their office, and I walked into their office, and I feel like you have an obligation to tell me that there could be people recording or listening to our conversation when I'm thinking we're having a conversation in your office for a reason. Right, right. I Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, 
Now, okay, a dog barks. What does it do? A baby cries. What's what's Alexa's response to this? Uh, Let's see. Alexa can listen for a dog barking or a baby crying as well as people snoring and coughing. With no sound base, Alexa routine has routine templates in the featured tab to choose from. So I guess you can kind of set it up. Like if you know your dog is barking up a storm when the mailman comes by every day, even though you're not home, but you know it's, you know, which isn't good for a dog if they get anxious and all that stuff anyway. So maybe you set it up to play a certain song or maybe, you know, it says something, you know, calls it by its name. Hey, Fido, calm down, relax. Right. Okay, that... that that makes sense, and that, that I guess, could be a, a positive. Um, we have several of these little devices, the one that you have pictured here. We have one in the kitchen. We have one in the master bedroom. We have one in the boys' room. And uh, the boys are at the age now where they realize that we're talking to the device, and uh, the three-year-old would be like, Alexa, Alexa. <laughs> so we have a, a monitor a baby monitor in their room, monitors in the master bedroom. Three o'clock in the freaking morning this morning. I hear, Alexa, Alexa, play lullabies. Because we, when we put the little one, the one-year-old to bed, we play, Alexa, please, you know, play lullabies for one hour. And uh, it'll play lullaby-type music for an hour. <laughs> three o'clock, three fifteen in the morning. The three-year-old is yelling at Alexa to, to freaking play music. Um, yeah, and, and they do the one in the kitchen too. So we're, we're, at, we're out of our mind with Alexa at our house. Yeah, yeah well, my, my you know I'm over at my mom's house and she has one of these things set up on the counter and she has the one with the screen and you see the time and temperature and then you can ask it stuff and play music well my little nephew he's i think seven now he knows all about it so he's you know calling out these rap songs that have like seven letter words in them and stuff and things playing it wow. <laughs> yeah we're gonna stop that uh, but uh, he knew better right but 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 here's the, here's the thing are you gonna all of a sudden come home to a, a porch full of boxes because your kid thought it would be funny to order 64 Monopoly games and, 20, you know, 22 PlayStations. I mean, think about it. You, you need to you, you need to really wrangle that situation in. I, I'm, not, I'm not comfortable with somebody listening to me all the time. We have it, and I know it listens to me all the time, but my cell phone does too, and I know that. So, I mean, I... I get it. I weigh it all out, but I just have a real problem with that for some reason. Just making sure it wasn't just me. You just have to have your 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 payment locked down. You know, you can order Monopoly games all day long, but if there's no source of payment, you know, defaulted, then you're you're good to go. I feel, you know. So, be it. Did you ever have the Sunday ticket? You're not a big football guy. You're not a big sports guy, right? I, uh, I I follow football. You know, uh, I'm a Giants fan. I'm a Tampa Bay fan. Uh, I tried to be a Jaguars fan last year. Didn't work out very well. Um, and when we got DirecTV back in San Antonio a few years ago, we got the Sunday ticket for free for, I think, two years. Yeah. Did you watch it? Yeah, because uh, in San Antonio, their, their big market is um, – which those people Dallas. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, yeah, and uh, you, you never 
never saw Tampa Bay on the on the TV back then because right. they were not a very good team. Right. Uh, and the Giants have been sucking, and the, the Jets forget it. You know, so that you never get a national game. You might get a national game for the Giants, especially if they play the Cowboys. But it was mostly Cowboys, uh, and then of course you got Houston, the Houston Texans. So I actually enjoyed it because I don't mind watching football. Right. I, I don't watch five football games at once, like someone I know. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> who, who had. TV on TV before, yeah. or picture in picture. Before I had that, I had my own. Yeah, you had five TVs set up in the living room, I remember. <laughs> yeah. Before, what do they call it now? Multi-channel or multi? I, I guess, yeah. So no, I get the Red Zone channel, and what they do is they have, there's a, they have two or three, sometimes up to eight games on one screen at a time. Yeah. But exactly. they always take you to the one that, hey, they're about to score here. Hey, this big play just happened, and that's a great way to watch the whole league. That's a great way to watch every game, almost. So at the well, same that's, time, that's also your business is to yeah. watch all oh, the games. Yeah. You know, yeah, my, doesn't my, that suck? Business is to chill and yeah. actually enjoy the game and watch <laughs> one at a time. What do you, What do you do? I, I play fantasy football. No, really. Well, what do you do? I play fantasy football. No, I mean, like, what do you do? That's yeah, how, how do you you know how do you live indoors? What, how do you make your money? Fantasy football. Yeah. Fantasy no, football Hall of Fame inductee Mike Sofka. No, but the, the thing is, is they're they're dealing with they're trying to set up a deal with Apple now. I think the Sunday tickets kind of blase now. I can't watch a regular game unless it's a prime time game. See the prime time games like Thursday night, Monday night, Sunday night. They have extra cameras. They have a specialty crew that goes out. The whole country, every other team is watching. Usually when you're playing, half the half the league ain't, ain't even thinking about watching. And the other half is probably not going to watch it because you're playing at the same time. But all the other players who you play against, they're watching. And it's, so it's, it's your time to shine. And I... Unless I'm watching one of those games, I can't watch like a 1 o'clock Sunday game. I got to watch the red zone because... I am flipping out over what's going on in these other three games over here that I can't watch. I'd rather just watch the red zone and just chill. Now, here's a here's a question for you. Can you imagine living in California during football season? Get up Sunday morning, nine a.m. Crack a beer. Ten a.m. game. <laughs> yes. your, one, your one o'clock game is ten a.m. and your four o'clock game is one a.m. And that's why they put seven p.m. games on because that's their four p.m. game. Yeah, crazy, right? I. I I, I living in a different time zone besides Eastern is very bizarre. It takes a lot of getting used to, you know. Now, New Year's Eve. Stupid question: Did you have daylight savings time as well, or no? Because I know some yeah. some areas don't. Yeah, no. Uh, part of Indiana doesn't, and uh, part of or all of Arizona doesn't. But yeah, it was. I say I say we get rid of it here, and I say we keep daylight savings time and get rid of standard time. I just hate I that. Say we, I, I, I hate that period where, when you get up and go to work, it was dark, and then when you come home, it's dark. And I'm like, the hell happened? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Been there. Um, I I say they move that they they move the clocks ahead two hours and keep it there. So this way, it's like nice and light out at ten o'clock at night. But it's, you know, dark at 8 o'clock in the morning when you're trying to get to work. Well, they're trying to strike a deal with Apple and 
if you have Apple, I guess you can't can't get that now, but you might be getting it soon, so look out for that. You know they're going to get a deal done. It's all about money. Steve, right. They should call right. it the MFL because it's money league. That's what it is. <laughs> they're printing money, dude. They're hot. Yep. They're hot right now. They get, they get quite the tax break, too. Hey, I just got uh, word here that our guy's on our way. Our special guest this evening, but hang on a sec, because I got to queue up his music. I think I screwed up his music here. I got to figure that out real quick. So, why don't you tell us the story while I try to find the music? I'd say is he Van Halen. What? <laughs> I said is he Van Halen. No, he's not Van Halen. That is funny though. He's looking for an Uber. No, I no Uber today. Nice. No Uber. Yeah. No, I don't know. What kind of story do we want to hear? Something uh, that's going to entertain people while I'm frantically searching for this music. Really? Yes. Entertain. Oh, we went to uh, we went to Blizzard Beach over the weekend, and uh, the best time to go to a water park is when it threatens to rain all day. Yeah. There was like literally no one at Blizzard Beach. You know, there was people there, but you know, not not totally to capacity. So it was my first time. Uh, taking the boys to a, a water park that had like extensive slides, and they they had a blast, and they were exhausted by the time we got out of there. We did the family raft, they did the water slides, they did the wave pool. We did a we did a fifty dollar burger lunch at their uh, their little establishment there. Way way too much money to be spending on fast food burgers, but they got you. Fifty bucks is a little steep, I think. For two yeah. adults and two little kids. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that's to sit down, walk walk up to the counter and get the food. You're not even getting waited on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we did get the uh, the all you can drink cup. You got to get the cup, you know, so you can get free you know free meat refills, even though it's not free. Yeah. Right. You wouldn't even, couldn't even call it complimentary, but yeah, you just got all day drinks for uh, for twelve bucks. I think I, I think I found this music for our boy here when he gets here. All right. Actually, the intern's calling on me right now, but they don't understand. I got to put this back together here. Let me see here. Yeah, he's in the parking lot right now. Mike Stranomus is here. So let me right. get his music queued up right now so there's no problems.
are you, young Michael? <laughs> Mike Stradamus. Good morning to you, sir. Good Ladies and gentlemen, this is a very exciting night. We have a very special guest with us. We have a guest from the East, a famous safari guide, the all-knowing, all-seeing, omniscient, and former electronic salesman from the Crazy Eddie on 4th and Lexington. I give you Mike Stradamus. Thank you for that thunderous round of applause there. I really appreciate it. You have some well, questions for me? I do. Welcome. We have been waiting to hear your infinite wisdom, sir. I have envelopes right here. They have been hermetically sealed and been stored in a mayonnaise jar in Jackson, Wyoming since noon today. No one knows the contents of these envelopes, but you, in your infinite wisdom, without ever seeing the contents, you and you alone know the answers to these questions inside these envelopes. I present to you your first envelope, sir. Ah, thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a little sticky when it goes through that thing there. It's, I'm sorry know. about that. I gotta say it. The lonely night last night. <laughs> the answer is a new restaurant called Karma. <laughs> a new restaurant called Karma. Huh. Open this up here. There's no menu. You get what you deserve. That wasn't very funny. I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. Well, may your retina become attached to your anus so you can't see your ass doing anything anymore. Ow. All right, sir. Your next envelope. Ah! Envelope number two. Thank you. See, that one was smoother. It went right through that time. I must have just got stuck by this time. Yeah, you got to hold the envelope this way. If you yes. hold it that way. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. The answer to the question is Chris Farley, Beverly Hill Ninja, and Tommy Boy. Beverly Hills Ninja, Chris Farley, and Tommy Boy. Name three dead guys. See, I, <laughs> I thought these were all the same guy. Well, he, he's a big boy. I don't think there's very many people laughing at that. So may you live in a van down by the river there happily after. <laughs> well, that's the funny part. <laughs> Thank you. Mike so, Thomas, yes. I have in my hand your final envelope. My final envelope. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is going to be an easy one. We were talking about fast food in the other show. This is McDonald's. McDonald's is the answer to the question. Name a place where $15 an hour won't even get you an employee that can make an ice cream machine work. <laughs> oh, God, that's yeah, Maybe dip your testicles in hot fudge. Ow! Ow, ow, ow. With that, 
I will bid you adieu, young Michael. He's out of the building. All right. He left the building. Get, you know, he was, uh, he gave me a special blessing on the way out. I didn't know what this meant. He said, may I fart in your general direction? And I didn't know what that meant, but obviously that's something good, right? Is, is general direction someone you know? No, I don't know anybody named general direction. That is funny, though. I like, I like your punchline better. <laughs> Where were you at the writer's meeting? Uh, yeah. All right, so we um, come off the high of Mike Stranomis being here, and he didn't grope any of the interns on the way out, but now we got, this is where we put the brakes on the show. It's kind of like uh, seeing your favorite band, and they're just rocking, they're kicking ass, and like, all right, we're going to slow it down. And I'm like, really, dude? Really? Yeah, time to grab a beer. Yeah, so, the yeah. So I'm going to put the brakes on the show here. We're going to skid okay. off the rails here. That's the St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, Finding Cures and Saving Children. Logo. They're agreeing to pay $27 million for allegedly selling defective heart devices. Wow. That's interesting. According to the complaint, this is according to justice.gov. They knowingly did this, and they did this for patients that were getting the government payment. So like if you were getting, if you had good insurance and or you had money, yeah, I know you're not supposed to pay at that place. Obviously you got a different one, but if you had one that was paid for by the government, you got one of these. And one of these they knew weren't working out too well. So they're having to pay 27 million. I don't know if that's enough for sell, for knowingly selling a heart device that's going to be in somebody's body that they're going to depend on 24-7 to, to be alive. I don't know if that's enough money. I mean, I know it's a non-pay... I know what it is, but if if this is true, if they knowingly did this, how can any price be high enough? Exactly. You know, and how many, how many are we talking? Are we talking five? Okay, that makes a little more sense. But if we're talking hundreds, if not thousands of these devices, they... You know, yeah, that number's a little, a little premature, or a little, little short of where it should be. So I, you know, I think it depends on how many people we're talking about here. You know, maybe are we talking about one person? Well, that's still one too many. I still don't think that's enough money for that. So I mean, you, how can you give somebody something, a piece of machinery that they're trusting you with, and you're saying, yeah, I'm gonna be all good. Oh, I'm so thankful. Thank you, thank you. And then you're sitting there accepting those thanks i mean how does that feel when somebody's kissing your ass and thanking you but they don't know you're screwing them over right exactly that's a sick situation i'm gonna have to follow this a little more closely there's just a bunch of legal garb garbly book here about the the case but it looks like that um 
the number was 729. There was two deaths and 29 events associated with loss of pacing, whatever that means. So, not good. I'm guessing pacing would be like a, like a pacemaker type thing. Yeah, that like controls the keeps rhythm. you going. It controls the rhythm. Yeah, I, that's not cool. But yeah, that, that is 700 you know, cases, but 29 actually had issues and two died. Yeah. That's, but, uh, that's yeah, they're all the same. Like, like, all the cars were made on the same production line, same day, same equipment, same people. Everything was the same for you, 729 people. 29 of them died. That's that's sad. So, all right. Now are you ready to rock Cleveland? Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying that because I told you I was going to put the brakes on the show. Okay, it's time to end the uneven... Oh, Lord. Really? You know, this was part of my comedy routine when I was in college. The old hot dog package and the bun package. Because the hot dogs come in packages of 10, and the buns come in packages of 8. And if you want everything to balance out, you have to buy four packages of hot dogs and five packages of buns. Because that gives you 40. Correct. Now, are you OCD like that? Do you have to do stuff like that? It does bug the crap out of me that they, they do that or did that in the past. Um, they, you know, it depends on the, the, the type of hot dog you buy now, depending on how many come in the package. There, there'd be some, like Nathan's alone will have a package of 10, they have a package of 8, and they have a package of 5. If you get like the jumbo, you know, freaking cock smoker freaking hot dogs. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, and and like they don't match up to the buns. So yeah, I I, I don't know who whose thought process this was, or if it was someone who's you know sadistic or what. But yeah, it's uh it makes totally no sense. And I guess someone out there has solved the problem for us, huh? Well, here's the deal, and I I love this when I when I looked a little further into it. This is from Heinz Canada, Heinz Ketchup Canada. They're starting this petition behind this. And you know, Canadian people are, are funny a lot of times with that dry sense of humor and stuff. It is pretty funny. But the, the Toronto headquarter company stresses how hot dogs often come in packs of 10, while hot dog buns regularly come in groups of 8. See, there's not enough shit going on in the world today. we got to sit here and talk about hot dog buns and shit. The online petition urging Big Bun and Big Wiener to get together and put 10 hot dogs in a package and 10 buns in a package. Although it doesn't make any of the meats or proteins or even plant-based offerings, to put on the buns, Heinz does have a dog in this race. Ah, you like what I did there? Right. So what's your what's your take? You're, you're in agreement? You're going to go sign a petition? Should we give them a both mics? Like, should we follow this along? Should we encourage people to go sign a petition? Thumbs up. Well, it's just called a victory for us. If it passes, we'll say it was us. Yeah, it was, we did it. Because of the five people that have watched this are going to go. <laughs> yes. Watch well, me, you know, the 80-20 the, the rule. Was it 80% of the people? No, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Something like that. Well, listen, uh, we're talking about fast food earlier on the other show, but yes. check this out. 
the workers at McDonald's and other places are striking. Restaurant workers, this is according to the scouter.org, restaurant workers across North Carolina say there's no labor shortage. It's a wage shortage. They got guys dressed up like Ronald McDonald on strike out here outside McDonald's. They're, I mean, this is full on McDonald's strike. Have you been by McDonald's? Has this been going on by McDonald's near you? No. No, the, uh, the, uh, the foo McDonald's I live near, no. It's, the one I live near is not your typical McDonald's. There's teenage kids working there. Unlike people who think they can make a living wage as adults working at McDonald's. Dude, I knew I couldn't make a living at that age, but I had no choice. And I didn't work at a place like that because I couldn't do it. I had to hustle. I had to teach myself how to bartend. I had to wait tables. I, you know, I had to do, I had a hustle, I had a side hustle. I mean, you did what you had to do. Yeah. I, I didn't well, sit there and whine because I'm the fucking victim again. I, uh, I was a Burger King kid, and I worked there in high school, and just out of high school, and in college. Uh, it was a gas money, get me by type of thing. I wasn't paying rent, I wasn't paying insurance, sure. I wasn't paying, you know, for adult things. And as an adult, I did not work... As an hourly employee for Burger King, I was a manager when I first got married, but uh, yeah, I, I was not an hourly employee so, for three dollars and thirty-five cents an hour. So, so, well, well, that's my thing. I mean, back then, because of inflation, obviously, and devaluation of currency and stuff, it things change. Stuff's more expensive. Does this do away with the dollar menu now? There's no more dollar menu, right? Because you can't pay everybody fifteen bucks an hour and still have the dollar menu. I think they, they kind of did away with that or stopped promoting that a long time ago. Well, it shows you the last time I've been to McDonald's. Though. Yeah. What pisses me off is they got rid of the steak, egg, and cheese bagel. What the hell's wrong with them? Yeah, that, was a, that was a decent thing to have in the morning. That was a good one. That That's was a good we one. need to have a petition about the hell with these people. You, did they realize if they strike, they don't get paid? They only, they only get paid when they, when they punch that clock. But here's, here's my deal, okay? These jobs are... Are they are what they are. There was a time where they said that one out of ten people that were of employment age at one time or another had worked at McDonald's. So ten percent of the workforce had worked at McDonald's at some point in their lives. So and, and and that's great, but I think you kind of knew what it was. You were using that to, you know, I don't know. Maybe you wanted to be a manager of McDonald's. That's fine. But you, nobody was doing that to do that. That wasn't. They didn't wish to do that since age seven. I want to be flipping burgers or whatever. Yeah. But we bitched about it so much and complained about it so much. These machines, these robots. They have places. I've I've seen McDonald's. You know that world's biggest McDonald's and other McDonald's. They have friggin' fry baskets. It's all computerized and robotic. It just keeps making fries and dumping them out, putting salt on them. They've gotten rid of that guy. Now they get rid of the person that's taking the order because they put those things in there. You're like a self-checkout, like Walmart now. So it's the same thing all over. It's retail. And, you know, these are starter jobs. These are entry-level jobs. So does that mean... If I've been at McDonald's for eight years and I'm finally making $13, $14 an hour, you're going to hire a new guy. He's going to get paid more than me. And you're going to raise my pay by $12, $13 an hour. Oh, you're not going to pay me $26. You see, it doesn't work for anybody. I don't see what, what the benefit is from 
pushing for $15 an hour. Push for, for push for better personal growth on your part. Push to learn something, go to school, get a trade. You want to add to the situation? Get yourself out of the situation. It's easier said than done, though, I know. Yep. Yeah, reinvent yourself. Um, yeah, to a degree, of course, you, know, you, you want to get a higher wage, but the higher wages right now are just setting off inflation like you wouldn't believe. I, 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 I went to a grocery store. You know, we go to the, the Naval base. I mean, they have a commissary there, and they are very reasonable as far as pricing. To go into a, a regular supermarket is, is disgusting as far as prices right now. I, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know how it's done, especially here in Florida. Yeah. You know, in, in comparison to the HEB, which is in Texas, Unbelievable! I would say twenty to thirty percent higher prices here in uh, in Florida at the the shopping is a pleasure place. And it's basically one or two companies running most of it. Yep, yep. They they push them all out. At least here, there's Win Dixie, but I don't know. They're they're no cheaper. Believe me. Kroger opened up a home delivery near us. There's no store, but a home delivery, so they must have a warehouse or something. Right. Right. Or they have a, a plan with or a, a, a you know a contract with someone else who does have a warehouse here and just under their name, yeah. you know, the shopping is a pleasure. People don't care if it's if it's Kroger buying the food or if it's you or me buying the food, as long as they're making their their stipe, they're good. I, they're a big they're a big deal. I mean, I can remember back in the day when it was you know a big deal for them to be. Getting a store outside of Florida and everything, and now you know they're they're all over the place. So God bless them. You know it is what it is. They did a good job with that. But you know, I, again, it's like we said in the last episode when we were talking about you know Chick Fil A being number one. That's what that is. I mean, you got to take care of your customer. So if you're not taking care of your customer and you're bitching about fifteen dollars an hour and your restaurant can't make the top ten, I got nothing for you. I, I can't say anything to you because you just don't get it. You just don't get right. it. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I'm going to try to pick this back up because this is twice in the show I've run this freaking show right into the ground. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the world record for the most expensive video game auction is now at $870,000 for this video game. Okay. That's the bid, right? That's not what someone paid? Yeah, they say it's going to go over a million. The bid and what someone actually will pay is two different things. Yeah. The world record for the most expensive video game sold at auction has now been surpassed by a staggering amount thanks to a sealed 9.0 rated copy of 1987's The Legend of Zelda. A box copy of this game's first printing on the American NES sold on Friday via Heritage Auctions. Oh, it, it did sell at 870000 the wow. previous record was 660000 I'm trying to sell the kids old video games on eBay. I'm trying to get a buck fifty. I mean, what, what am I doing wrong? Right? Yeah, no, it's... It makes no sense. It makes totally no sense. I, I guess the fact that it's unopened and it's a, a first-run edition, really, but it's a piece of plastic with a, with a chip in it. Here's, it may be... Here's some other notable games and what they went for. Super Mario World for for Super Nintendo for SENS three hundred sixty thousand dollars. Super Mario Brothers for the NES two hundred twenty eight thousand dollars. This is like 
when I realized that the baseball cards I was sticking in my spokes and drawing mustaches <laughs> on and throwing darts, putting them on a dartboard and trying to hit them in the nose and crap. I mean, that's when I found out that that crap was worth money. Yeah, your your '69 Mickey Mantle card. You're you're flicking at the wall and yeah, messing up the corners. Yeah. The the only uh, the only baseball cards I had that were worth anything. Where I had a, a couple Eddie Murray rookies, and a couple Alan Tramwells, and, and Dale Murphy, and that was it. That was like the the wheelhouse in the late seventies that I was collecting cards, and those were the big cards back then. You know, I, I had multiple sets of the New York Yankees when uh, Burger King was giving out Yankee yeah. cards. Yeah, I had uh, multiple sets of those, and they all went to my son, our technical director. Michael, and uh, I'm sure he threw him in the trash. Yeah, well, it is what it is. I mean, I all all my life, though, I've gotten back into it, kind of, and it was the time for about 35 years of my life that, you know, I, that's what I did. I went and I sought out autographs and I bought cards and I went to card shows and I went to games and I got autographs. And, you know, I did that, you know, I kind of chased stuff like that and then, you know, it was nice with, with my son because he had an interest in that as well. And here's a there's a funny story. We went up to Target and, you know, once a month or whatever, I'd buy him a, a pack of cards, like a set or a box of cards or whatever. And, you know, not just a little pack. But, um, so this one box comes in and you're guaranteed to get a autographed card in this box. Like, you pay 20 bucks for this box. There's like eight packs of cards. But they're telling you, hey, we slipped a good one in there. We're not going to tell you who it is, but it's 20 bucks. And back then, okay. I was like, okay, it's 20 bucks. So he paid the 20 bucks, and he's all excited, and he's opening them in the car on the way home. <clears throat> and he opens it, and he goes, oh, crap. And I go, what? And he goes, my autographed card. Look, it's a Ryan Leaf rookie card autographed. And I don't know how much you know about football, but there were two guys that were going in the draft that year. One was Peyton Manning, one was Ryan Leaf, and... One one became a Hall of Famer, and the other became a drug addict and criminal and all this, and supposedly <laughs> he's got his life turned around. So I said, well, you know, he he was still playing in the NFL not long ago. You, you, you don't like him? And he says, I'd rather have a swift kick in the nuts. I said, what do you mean? Why, why would you have a swift kick in the nuts? And he says, because by having this card, I still have to look at it. But if somebody kicked me in the nuts, the pain would go away in a little while. <laughs> it's a great kid. Yeah, how insightful. I thought that was great. Yeah, so I, I, I'll give you an example. I have tons of stuff, and I over the years I've started to sell some of the stuff off. But, you know, not long ago, I opened up a box, you know, and I had everything categorized and organized and stuff, and I opened up this box and I flipped it open. And it was this autographed Tom Brady rookie card that I forgot I had. So, really? Yeah, so that quickly that quickly got cashed in real quick. I mean, I guess I could hold on to it for a few more years, but, you know. Down, strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, if you're getting a couple grand or something, you know, why not? If you're getting, if you're getting 10 bucks, not so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all football. I was more into, like, baseball cards and uh, my uh, my sister's first husband. Uh, was was fanatical at one time about it, like buying 
like all kinds of stuff. He would he would find out from Toys R Us and different stores when they got their deliveries, and he would go there, and he would know the sequence that the cards were in. So like he would you know a certain year when like Jose Canseco or uh, Mark McGuire were rookies, he would look at the cards and it would have they had a rack pack and it had. Uh, it would go on a rack, and it would be three face cards. So it was a long, long uh, pack, and you yeah. saw three face cards. And by knowing who that face card was, he knew who, who else was, was in the main there, huh? <laughs> So he would go and just buy all the ones with the sequences that would have these yeah, rookies in. Smart. And he, they had rack packs, you know, the wax packs, all different kinds of packs. And uh, if you got, like, a face card... That was a rookie. Like, I have a Wade Boggs. It wasn't a rookie, but I have a Wade, uh, a pack, rack pack that had Wade Boggs on the front. Um, whether that's worth anything, I don't know. But he, he had the Donruss, the Fleer. Um, Fleer? Yeah. And uh, Top Something and regular Tops cards. He had all kinds of stuff and just invested, like, thousands yeah. of dollars into this stuff over time. And um, I remember once I was with him, he bought a, a Mickey Mantle card. That somebody actually put into a typewriter and typed, nice. <laughs> so it like had a word typed nice. from a typewriter across the rookie card. Wow. He even bought that, wow. um, but yeah, I, I I got out of it. You know, I did it for like a year, maybe two, but nowhere near the extent that he did. And he's just stuck with all kinds of stuff, you know. Well, so, if you want to get unloaded, I can help him unload it. You know, he'll find a good home. I know how to get rid of stuff like that. Right. Well, I'll let them know. Not that I talked to them no. in a decade. No, but it's you know it's fun doing that stuff because you find stuff and you're like, wow, I didn't realize I had this or whatever. So, right. now, do you have a you you collect any basketball cards? I did, but just the uh, the players that I knew would be worth something, Hall of Fame caliber players and so forth. You know, so you know. I, do you have the, uh, a Melendez brothers rookie card? No. You know what I'm talking about? No. Uh, remember the Melendez brothers? They killed their mom and dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then, then that night, they bought courtside tickets to a basketball wow. game. Wow. And they're sitting courtside. And I forget, I think the guy's name is Jackson or something. But his rookie card or his card that year has the Melendez brothers sitting courtside in the background the night after they killed their parents. There's Can you imagine? That. There's something I can show you real quick here that that'll be funny, and I hope it'll show up. This is a card of a guy that I know. His name's Fred Marion. I, I know him in my personal life, and he autographed this card for me. And there's a unique thing about this card. You'll have to look at it. Uh, is it this card? No, there's a, it's another card. But the card, the belt from his pants is coming down between his legs, and it looks like he's running with his wang out. And it's an error. I mean, I'd say card's worth a little bit of money, and it's pretty funny because whenever he goes somewhere, somebody always whips out that card on him, and they start laughing, and they have their laughs, you know, because that was the whole joke about that card. So, Wow. It, it, it just goes to show that even back then, the stupid stuff was what made money. Exactly. Yeah, but that, that card was, was amazing that they're, you know, literally the, the day after they killed their parents, they're courtside, you know, spending thousands of dollars on courtside basketball tickets. 
I think we're 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 wrapping up here, are we already? We're fifty six twenty nine. I do wow. I I do have one more quick thing. I okay. I, I know we were talking about McDonald's before. This lady was going through the drive through at McDonald's and uh, she ordered a Happy Meal for the kid. And I think you know where this is going here. She had uh, Suboxone in her Happy Meal. You know what that is? Isn't that like a heroin drug or some sort of pain drug? Suboxone? Yeah, no, I, I've never heard of it. So, I mean, do you get, how do you order that when you pull up? You're like, hey, I'll have the five-piece nugget with two Suboxone, throw in a couple Zanny bars, and uh, give me some fries and the yogurt. How do you order that? Oh, make sure, it's for a boy. Make sure I get the right toy. The boy toy. <laughs> wow. So, Suboxone. So, so I, I mean, maybe she ordered the, the, the sandwich a certain way or whatever, like uh no pickles, no onions, extra cheese, and what that means is this is going to the drug deal, and they pop it right. in the box, and right. then little Johnny's friggin' foaming at the mouth, licking the glass. <laughs> Interesting. They see where it was, what, what part of the country? Yeah, I'm sure it did, but you know, I have bad show prep, and now this computer's freezing up, so we'll never know. How about that? You know, tune into next show. That, that's the cliffhanger. That's what's going to get you to come back and watch the next show, episode 38. I'll have the answer to it. How about that? And visit the, the Both Mike's Facebook page, Both Mike's Twitter page, yes. the Both Mike's uh, Twitch page, twitch.tv slash Both Mike's, if you want to see us live without a net on Friday night or our replays. It was in Maine. It was in Maine. I'll go ahead and tell you that was in Maine. Wow, Okay. Yeah, that, right. That was unexpected. What were you expecting? Getting a more urban area? I was expecting you to say like Miami or you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chicago, the Wook. Hey, you can find us everywhere. Wherever you find stuff, you'll find us. So look for us there. And if you look for us and we're not there, let me know, and I'll I'll see what I can do. I'll talk to uh, Mike Stradamus's agent. And see if we can get a deal worked out. How about that? Oh, stickers. Yeah, you want a sticker? Go ahead and let us know. PM us. Let us know on the Facebook yes. page, Twitter, all that Find us stuff. Us a message. Anything else, Mike? No, I think we're done. I like it. I, I like it. Kind of a you know laid back situation. Wasn't as hyped, but the well maybe next time we'll have Mike Stranomus in again. How about that? Maybe. Ah! If he gets that, if he gets that flying carpet repaired. All right, we'll see you. Take care, folks.